0: It's a psychological phenomenon, groupthink. Uh, It's about the fact that people in groups can make erroneous decisions because of their desire to maintain some kind of consensus or harmony among themselves, right? Basically, group members, they want to get along. They want to maintain cohesiveness among themselves. So they move towards agreement with each other, even though initially they may have started with some doubts or they may have had some different positions on the decision. A lot is said
1: about the power of teams, like the Helen Keller quote goes, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. We bring ideas to life when we come together. After all, an idea is only as powerful as the people behind it, who agree to agree and make it happen. It isn't easy to make things happen. So when a decision is made quickly, efficiently and unanimously, we feel good. If not positively, great. We think we've come up with the best thing since sliced bread and that nothing can possibly go wrong. But is there such a thing as too much agreement? Hi, and welcome to season three of Habits Matter. I'm your host, Shreyasi Singh. In this season, we're on a mission to find answers to everyday problems, from making decisions and busting biases to managing a crisis. The series is a special dive into how to think about solving problems. On this episode, we focus on the problem rife around us ideas that lead groups to dangerous decisions. How can teams safeguard themselves from groupthink? Why do echo chambers plague social media? And how does information cascade? Meet two guests a brand strategist and a therapist as they decode groupthink. And stay to the end of this episode for an exciting surprise from us.
0: It can lead to extremely erroneous decisions. It can lead to, uh, you may even call it catastrophic decisions because uh, people want to be in agreement with each other. Hi, I'm Lubna Khan. I'm a cognitive behavioral psychologist um, and I work in the area of brand strategy. Uh, My lifelong obsession has been about how we use insights to influence positive behavior change? Quite simply, groupthink is like peer pressure on steroids. The idea was
1: first introduced in the 1970s by American psychologist Irving Janice, who studied how the desire to conform interferes with our ability to make rational decisions. As it certainly did, for example, in foreign policy decisions like the Pearl Harbor bombing and in financial crises like the collapse of the Lehman Brothers. In everyday life, it's the reason why bullying exists, or bad habits and mediocre memories pervade sets of people. We see it in the bravado of a band of rash drivers racing themselves, as well as in the stifling sameness of fashion trends. Unfortunately, we also see groupthink play out at work, killing the core of problem solving. Our expert breaks it down for us.
2: Hi, my name is Anshma Shedripal and I am a drama and movement therapist and a psychotherapist. I'm also an educator in the field of creative arts therapy. Groupthink arises out of a conflict. I'm in a conflict of is my need to be opinionated and my need to have my own opinion more important than my need to belong. And often the latter will win. And that is what would lead to perhaps sometimes a toxicity of ideas that are just as strong as the number of people that believe in them and no stronger. Uh, And therefore the individual voice sort of subsides and goes away into the background and uh, doesn't gain as much momentum. So that's why groupthink could potentially be, um, has proven to be potentially revolutionary because revolutions also arise out of groupthink. But it is also potentially dangerous because revolutions can go either way.
1: The term groupthink itself is a play on doublethink, a word invented by George Orwell in his iconic book, 1984. In the book, doublethink comes to mean the brainwashing of civilians under a totalitarian regime. Groupthink too signals the end of independent thinking and it has very real consequences. During the Holocaust, thousands of ordinary Germans took part in the murder of innocent people. Nazi propaganda had all the symptoms of groupthink. Overconfidence, and illusion of invulnerability, and the rationalization of bad decisions and risky behaviors. No one questioned anyone. There was a belief in the superiority of the people making decisions. And those with conflicting opinions censored themselves to
2: conform to the status quo. When there is not a culture of healthy conflict resolution, uh, then you are promoting groupthink. And it has led to some really dangerous consequences. In fact, even the silence and silencing of sexual harassment cases within organizations happens because of groupthink. You simply want to just get your job done. It's okay. This, this stuff happens. Conversations such as those, um, taking things in your stride without, you know, reasoning things out in your own mind and having your own opinion.
1: Social media can promote groupthink on a larger scale, where opinions are amplified in echo chambers, places where similar ideas go back and forth among people with similar belief systems. This is the effect of isolating people from ideas outside their bubble and stifles independent thinking. The damaging algorithms of social media aside, the informal dynamics of cubicles and Zoom calls can also foster groupthink. At work, groupthink largely depends on team dynamics. Anshuma tells us more.
2: Let's talk about another person called Bruce Tuckman. He, He spoke about five stages of group development, right? And he said that every time a group gets together, there is a stage of forming. So you're just kind of getting to know each other. Then there's storming. You're sort of like having oppositional ideas, but you're trying to find out how to work together. And then you're norming, which is when you when you establish that these are the norms of our group this is on this is the basis on which we function and then you have uh, performing now the norming and performing is where groupthink occurs what if the norm is established in a way that unless you confirm it unless you agree to the group opinion you are not going to be a desirable part of the group in that norm itself what will happen next is the performance will be aspect will be compromising on, you know, innovation, compromising on ideas, and it will be more about just following the herd.
1: Besides group norms, skewed information too can lead to groupthink. In a phenomenon called information cascading, people make decisions based on the decisions of others, sometimes ignoring their own opinions. In the same way, false information spread by partisan media, individuals, and online communities can contribute to amplifying an us-versus-them mindset. This can be deadly for democracies, societies, and communities. A potent force is also the gravitational pull of authority figures. Everyone has been in a situation where the leader of a group says something and the team goes with it. Lubna explains.
0: But you're sitting in a team uh, and uh, you have a person who's the leader, the boss. And you all all of you are sitting together about to take a major decision. So your boss starts by saying that he believes the organization should go in a particular direction. Now what happens? It's inevitable, right? Someone There's always a yes man. Someone quickly chimes in and says, yes, yes, you're right. This is how we should do it. Um, now you think different from your boss but you don't speak out, right? So there's there's a couple of reasons why you don't speak out. A, first you think the group members will disapprove of you if you do, right? They think you're dumb, you're unprepared, or you're deliberately making trouble, right? So you start feeling this kind of reputational pressure, or you start thinking that the senior team members will have more visibility or understanding of the information in this case um so you know they you think that the information they are sharing is completely correct uh, uh, they know better so under those informational signals you change your mind
1: those who agree do it at a subconscious level not knowing they're succumbing to groupthink that's what makes it so insidious
0: so Everybody in the group suddenly starts feeling this reputational pressure or uh, starts uh, getting influenced by these informational signals. And very quickly, the group aligns with one another, even though at the beginning, you know, they may all have come with uh, different views. They may have come with uh, uh, different perspectives, but suddenly the group is all saying yes to the same thing, and this is what's very important about groupthink, that people actually feel good, that they all agreed. You know, they they pat themselves on the back. They say, hey, we're such a uh, cohesive group, we're such a a group that's so much in harmony, that we have all come to a decision that we all agree about.
1: The charisma and mythology of inspiring leaders and founders also holds important lessons in groupthink. I often think about the impact my sometimes soaring optimism can have on how others feel, especially when I notice words I and my co-founder use become the vocabulary of our teams. And therein lies a great dilemma. Even as one needs people to band and believe together to get important things done, for the best ideas to be put forward, teams must also be able to throw up contrarian, conflicting perspectives. It is when unconventional, unpopular opinion is suppressed that we run the risk of making biased decisions without even knowing it. In a somewhat counterintuitive twist, leaders can practice censoring themselves to encourage independent thought. No doubt this is tough to do because leaders are expected to do exactly the opposite, provide clarity, direction, and inspiration. Meanwhile, teams can use other methods.
0: So you create what you call a red team, right? So their job is to construct the strongest possible case against a proposal or plan, right? So they have to, in a way, they have to defeat the primary team. And it's a simulated mission, right? Uh, They are are given the same kind of information, but they're given a different kind of expectation or starting point. So the red team can actually bring um, some really excellent ideas to the table. Especially if they are going to find mistakes, they're going, their job is to exploit vulnerabilities, they are given clear direction, clear incentive to do so, right? If they do that, then a red team can come up with wildly divergent uh, answers.
1: Leaders may even appoint devil's advocates, members of the team who take turns providing rebuttals to a group's dominant stance. As long as criticism is authentic, this method can go a long way in balancing group opinion. Lubner also suggests using the Delphi method, a problem-solving method that balances individual opinions with group decision-making. It's a smart alternative to regular brainstorming. The Delphi method shares similarities with Google Venture's design sprints where individuals work alone together or develop ideas parallelly before coming together to pick the best ones. The technique makes the most of individual creativity while avoiding the ills of groupthink. I remember using this method to design the first user interface and information architecture for Harappa in the middle of 2018. And it worked very well to bring together varieties of ideas and then voting and deciding on it systematically.
0: And then uh, the group sort of arrives at a consensus. Now this, in my experience, having done brainstorming now for many, many years, in my experience, this is actually a very dangerous way to um, come to a decision. Um, because what happens is that the the group think is very much inevitable. If someone comes up with one powerful idea, everybody kind of falls in line with that powerful idea. So what I've seen in my own uh, experience and now research also kind of backs this is that if we have um, uh, individuals kind of go off on their own and uh, think about a specific topic or issue and then write it out Right. And then and share it with the team. Right. As individuals. And then you kind of discuss that within the group and have this kind of group brainstorming happening. And then the people go back again and then again think about it as individuals. If you kind of combine this individual learning, with this kind of group learning, you're actually able to arrive at more diversity of opinion and you're able to arrive at, uh, uh, um, you know, better uh, pieces, better and uh, more concrete pieces of information that you would have otherwise.
1: Too much homogeneity in leadership can lead to groupthink. That's what happened with Swiss an airline that was nicknamed the Flying Bank because of its financial success. As the company grew more powerful, it became overconfident in its decisions, restructuring its board of directors to bring them together ideologically. What followed was a lack of opposing opinion, something that contributed to the company's ultimate demise in 2002. But things can be different for teams and companies who want to avoid these behaviors. Of course, people up the hierarchy have a greater responsibility. But individuals can and should lead on this too. You can go out of your way or push yourself to make yourself heard. Call meetings without too many authority figures, for example, if that helps, so people speak freely. Also, try to hold meetings in smaller subgroups that focus on specific aspects of a decision. Smaller groups are also better for honest conversations. Don't differ unquestioningly to those who have more experience. Ask questions about things you don't understand to ensure you have the clarity and information you need to contribute meaningfully.
0: Have the courage to speak out, right? Uh, You can share your views in a calm, non-confrontational way, right? You don't challenge people. You challenge opinions, right? But stick to your guns and don't let yourselves be easily swayed. You have to look for information beyond what has been presented, right? You you know there are individual members that are often sitting on pieces of information that they don't share because they think, you know, it's not relevant or they don't really want to speak out. So you reach out to other team members, bring alliances. If there's truly something that you believe has gone wrong and you want to call it out. So as an individual within the group, you have a lot of power and ability to to sway the decisions if you have the the courage and if you you know kind of call all of this out in a way that um the group is not uh, uh, uh significantly uh discomforted by right so there are ways of, of being calm and being firm and strong and and being able to uh, open the group to different perspectives
1: in conclusion, two heads or three, four, and five heads aren't always better than one. When we make decisions in groups, we risk becoming somewhat irrational. Sometimes we end up defending ideas that we wouldn't have cared for left to ourselves. Thank you very much for listening right till the end. Here's the surprise we promised. A 20% discount on any harappa calls from a solved habit. To help you hone your problem solving skills and to learn how to avoid perils like groupthink, head to our website harappa.education. You'll find the link in your description box. Sign up and use the code Habits20. That is capital H A B I T S 20. Habits20. There are five great courses to choose from defining problems, structuring problems, executing solutions creating solutions and making decisions. Happy learning and see you next time. Matter is a show brought to you by Harapta Education. This episode was scripted, produced and managed by Nitin Shamsuddin and Soumya Bahuguna under the editorial direction of Seema Chaudhary. Shout out to Madhwan, our super talented audio engineer and a brilliant design team for us snazzy creatives. Follow Habits Martin on Instagram and Harappa Education on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube and Facebook.